How many of you know the song Jai Radha Madhava? Raise your hand. So if you don't know it, you, this is, we will allow you to use your phones. So if you want to look it up. Like we have this song, Guru Dev. So you can go to Google Dev. Google Dev, Kripa Bindu Diya, Kore Dase. So you can ask Google G. Jaya Radha Madhava. Jay Radha Madhava Jaya Kunja Vihari Jay Radha Madhava Jaya Radha Madhava Jaya Kunja Bihari Jaya Radha Madhava Jaya Kunja Bihari Gopi Janavala Bhajaya Girivadhari Jaya Girivadhari Gopi Janavala Bhajaya Girivadhari Jaya Girivadhari Yashoda Nandana Jaya Brajajanaranjana Jaya Brajajana Ranjana Yashoda Nandana Jaya Brajajana Ranjana Jaya Brajajana Ranjana Yamuna Tirabana Chari Jai Kunja Vihari Yamuna Tirabana Chari Jai Yamuna Tirabana Chari Jai Kunja Vihari Tirabana Chari Jai
जाए राधा माधव जय कुंज Madhava Jaya Kunja Bihari Jaya Radha Anmava Jaya Kunja Bihari Jayam Vishnupad Paramahamsa ग्रंथराज all glorious to the assembled devotees. All glorious to the assembled devotees. All glorious to the assembled devotees. All glorious to Shishi, Guru, and Garanga. All glorious to Srila Prabhupada. Hare Krishna. So, if everyone can repeat after me, we have an invocation, we chant. I'm sure most of you already know it. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Svepam Samparo Dharmo Yato Bhakti Radhoksha Jaya Haitukiya Pratihata Yayatma Suprasidati this is a verse from the Srimad Bhagavatam, second, first canto, second chapter. And we have many verses in relation to that in Bhagavad Gita. So this verse is saying that the, the, pum, the, the most highest dharma is what? What is the highest dharma? Bhakti. He says, no, he said, no, he says bhakti, yes. <laughs> Just tricking. So he says, yes, highest dharma is bhakti. Loving devotion unto the transcendent Lord, adhokshaja. Uh, adhokshaja means that Lord who cannot be perceived by the senses or the mind. 
सवेपम शंपरो धर्मो यतो भक्तिर अधोक्षजे एंड दिस भक्ति इज इज डिफाइन्ड बाय बीइंग अ हाइतुकी एंड अ प्रतिहता व्हिच मींस इट्स अनइंटरप्टेड और इट्स अनमोटिवेटेड एंड अनइंटरप्टेड सो इट इज नॉट विथ भक्ति प्लस लॉट्स ऑफ बेनिफिट्स नो इट इज अनमोटिवेटेड एंड इट इज नॉट भक्ति ओनली ऑन जन्माष्टमी it is uninterrupted constantly uh, and yayatma suprasiddhi it is explained that this bhakti or this loving devotion is is what will give suprasiddhi great happiness for the soul so this verse is giving the conclusion of vedic knowledge it is jumping right to the end it's in the beginning of the shrimad bhagavatam but shrimad bhagavatam it's itself is the essence of all vedic literature so it is going jumping right to the conclusion sometimes if you read bhagavad gita i have a friend he was reading bhagavad gita he was a buddhist and he started reading bhagavad gita and uh he came across in the third chapter krishna says the word karma yoga now the thing about uh uh propad's translation of the bhagavad gita is that he gives he puts the sanskrit in there and if you can't read sanskrit he puts the transliteration which has the the sanskrit words with the english alphabet and if you don't know what the sanskrit words are then he gives a word for word and so the word karma yoga is there and then in the translation Krishna Prabhupada he put karma yoga and then he puts in brackets bhakti yoga so he took the book and he threw it on the couch <laughs> he says why does it say this it said karma yoga there is he trying to trick why is he trying to twist something else out of it and if he was trying to trick i don't know if he would put all the sanskrit everything there so it's right there a lot of translations of bhagavad gita they don't give you any reference they just say this is the translation no sanskrit no transliteration no word for word you just have to believe the translator but here he's putting karma yoga then in the translation he's put karma yoga he put in brackets bhakti yoga and you find krishna the way he spoke bhagavad gita he gives by second chapter verse i think 61 he gives a tiny little hint about bhakti he hasn't even really talked about bhakti at all he doesn't uh let's see one second yeah yukta sita matparaha yeah that engage always in uh, your your activities in me so it's a little bit bhakti there and then the third chapter also just a little bit on the 30th verse he says mai sarvani karmani sanyasya uh, uh, just give all your activities unto me he kind of builds it up over and it becomes really clear in chapter 7 and then becomes even more clear in chapter 9 so in the beginning he's hearing this karma yoga and it's like his so he was getting quite a- angry so he was just reading out of curiosity and shila prabhat said yes you can read without with curiosity he said he gives us very interesting philosophical statement in the beginning of the the first purport of bhagavad gita he says just um 
don't accept that Krishna is God. Just uh, read it with the understanding, if this was God speaking, would this make any sense? You don't have to believe it, but just see it through that lens. So, so we are in Kali Yuga. How, how, how much do people read nowadays? About, you know, they have this meme. That's a, as much as it gets usually. The Kali Yuga brain is getting, it says, Kali Yuga is an age that we live in. There's four different ages. And this is a particular season of our planet's life, the way life is on this planet for a particular extended period of time. Particularly, does anybody know how long this period lasts? How many more years? 427,000 more years of this age. Just like we find every year there's the, the we go through different seasons. It's described that there are actual planetary seasons that the world goes through. And life is very drastically different. So in Kali Yuga, people live shorter. You find uh, in other religious texts, descriptions of people living thousands of years, thousands of years ago. They did not have the same lifespans. They had ten times the lifespan people have today. So the same description is there in the Bhagavad Gita. Actually, when Krishna told saw Arjuna, on the battlefield, he said, you know, I spoke this Bhagavad Gita many millions of years ago to the sun god. And Arjuna was like, no, we're very young. We're just about 90 years old. How can you, uh, how can you have spoken to the sun god millions of years ago? We're just 90 years old. We're quite young. We're grandpa- grandparents only. We're very young. And he said, no, no, many births you and I have had. I can remember all of them because my body is not material. It is ajat, it is unborn. But you cannot remember because you have to change your body because you are a spirit soul. Or I am the Supreme Lord. And as the Supreme Lord, my body is my very self. I don't have a material body that goes through the subjects of material change. So... So if you read Srila Prabhupada's books, even if you read one meme verse, you know, two sentences worth of, you'll, you'll get a pretty complete understanding. It's, it's written in that way. Very strongly, very clearly presented. The, the conclusion of the Bhagavad Gita, right in the first verse, or second verse, even before Krishna has uh, laid out the entire symphony, the, uh, the entire product is given. Does anybody know what is the biggest aviation catastrophe in history? Hmm? Anybody know that one? Does anybody know? So it's an airport used to be called um, uh, Los... Rodeos, but it's Tenerife now. And it was two 747s. 583 deaths. It was, yes, yes, yeah. 
Kale, not in the air, on the ground. Yeah. KLM Airlines and uh, Pan Am Airlines. And so there was a, um, this is not necessarily related to the accident, but just related to the unfortunate series of events. There was a bomb that exploded at an, air, at an airport, and both these airplanes were diverted to uh, this particular airport, Tenerife Air, Air, uh, Airport. There was a called Canary Island separatists, and they uh, exploded a bomb in the um, flower. You know, they, they were the sell flowers at the airport, and so they went to the both these big seven forty sevens went to the um, the small air, uh, airport. And was, there was a fog. Now the KLM Air, uh, uh, Airlines pilot, he was quite famous. He was always on time. He was. His nice jaw, uh, his face was plastered all over the you know, airline magazines and other magazines. And he was also eager to keep up his... He was, he was just given a copy of a magazine that he was being awarded with. So now, there... Uh, you know, the, and the, 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 here comes... The, the announcement, he says to the, there's a great fog. So the, the, the people in the cockpit of KLM, the people in the cockpit of uh, Pan Am, and then the tower, none of them can see each other. You know, there's, there's no ground radar. There's, it's hard to, to organize all this. I said, we are at the takeoff. You know, there's like kind of. And the answer was given. Okay. It is now forbidden to say okay. It is completely forbidden to say okay in, in that kind of uh, industry. So they were thinking that okay is like, yeah, we, we hear you. Uh, the, um, the other airlines are thinking, okay, that means that they're going to wait. And this airline say, okay, that means we're going to go. <laughs> and so they started going. And at the very end, they saw the other airline coming in their direction. They tried to like maybe see if they could jump. They, right before they, this happened, they asked for some extra fuel, made the airlines even more heavy. And they kind of uh, nipped the edge. And basically one airline... Everybody in that airlines died, and the other one, uh, most of the people died. They went straight into each other. One of kind of a little bit over, kind of a little bit over, but terrible, terrible accident. So now they have all these redundancies. It's uh, up to ten times or fifteen times redundancy. So if you want to fly, they will say like, "We're hearing Prabhupada's books." And if you read this port and that purport and this purport and that purport is saying the same thing. What is it saying? You're not the body. You're the spirit. So you're a servant of Krishna. And we think, oh, I heard this so many times. Actually, speech is very redundant. You know, it's, it's possible to have simultaneous translation of speech because we say things that just give indications so it becomes redundant. Our thoughts are six times faster than our speech. That's why we feel bored sometimes listening to somebody 
sitting on a chair speaking to us. So, but why is there a redundancy in the airline industry? Is it because it saves lives? So same thing with the Bhagavad Gita. There's redundancies there. To save not just 583 lives, but billions of lives. Because in Kali Yuga, someone will pick up Bhagavad Gita, they'll read one little tiny portion of it, walk away with no understanding, and, and never actually make any progress. So, uh, before presenting this class, I thought of giving the title, Spoiler Alert. You know, sometimes we don't, when you're watching a movie, you don't want to say, oh, okay, such and such dies at the end of the movie. Oh God, why did you tell me the main character, the wife dies? We don't want to hear that. We, but so here is Prabhupada, he's giving the spoiler. He's going right to the essence. The supreme dharma is bhakti. The supreme path of connecting with God is loving devotional service. Love. Not by philosophy, not by extravagant rituals, not by trying to, with your mental powers, capture him with your great mental agility with meditation. No, but by love and devotion. So that is a spoiler alert. And that spoiler is, that spoiler is given on the very first verse, second verse, third verse, fourth verse. So it becomes very, very clear. Because in the past, in Dwarpa Yuga, when people lived thousands of years long, when books were not available, does anybody know why weren't books available? They weren't necessary. Humans had such memory that they did not need to have a book to remember every single word in, in, uh, of, this, of this much content. They could memorize perfectly whatever instructions that were given. Kali Yuga, we are very short-lived. We are short memory. We are even shorter. Short-tempered. We will fight over uh, a pen cap, or you know, we'll fight over it. We'll find something to fight about. So this redundancy is there to help us not miss the essence. As we read this morning, there is karma kanda, jnana kanda, and upasana kanda. There are three levels of religiosity in every religion, not just in the Vedic tradition. Does anybody know what those terms mean? I think the one right there. Who said that? Wow, wow, wow. Maybe you know. Okay, so these are three successive levels. The bottom level of religion is materialistic. That your your practice, your religious practice, because it's going to bring shub lab, good fortune. Wealth. As, as the bhajan, what is that bhajan? Oh Lord, give me HTTV. House by the sea. Jaya Jagadish Shahari. There are many, uh, in the Vedic literature, there are many prayers and bhajans that have very, uh, kind of fruitive ideologies. What, 
What can I get? Give me something. And where does that stand in the three levels of religion? On the bottom. That's the lowest level. And um, what is the next level? Oh, they're closing the altar. Jai Shishi Radha Kalachanji. So I am scheduled 10 minutes of more of your time, if you don't mind. I won't take all 10 minutes, but... So the next level is for people who realize that material things cannot satisfy me. Even being born, materially speaking, in the heavenly planets of Lord Indra, where I can live billions of years. Millions of years. And have a life that is millions of times better than a human life on earth. So that it, bottom level is karma khanda, the next level is jnana khanda. What is that person in, uh, who's on that platform, what are they looking for? No, the second level. Yeah. Moksha. Knowledge is just the tool. Knowledge means the ability to distinguish matter and spirit. Knowledge does not mean like how many windows are in the uh, Empire State Building. But jnana means the ability to distinguish what is true and what is temporary. And so uh, the second level is a person wants salvation from material experiences. They want to go to heaven. They want to go attain nirvana. They want to attain moksha. They want to go to some kind of spiritual abode or attain some type of spiritual consciousness or status. There's a big jump between these two levels. The bottom level is sometimes kind of benign. You know, you do this ritual and it brings you good fortune. You worship uh, Vishnu, or you even worship the devatas, and you get this thing, you get that thing, you get this thing. Or sometimes it's very, very materialistic and even scandalous. Like in Texas, there were uh, many televangelists. Have you guys heard of the tel- televangelists? They would say, oh, you are $10,000 in debt. This is a TV station is telling you. You're $10,000 in debt. But if you donate $1,000 right now, the Lord will wipe out your debt. So sometimes it wasn't so benign. Sometimes it was a scandalous version of it. But it was basically there, this materialistic level of religion is in all traditions. Actually, most of the Vedas present the materialistic side. Because most of the people are materialist. Therefore, Krishna says to Arjuna, Idam Bhushvitam Bhacham. Don't be don't get distracted by all those materialistic flowery things. Come more to the essential side. So the, the next part of literature of the Vedas is the Upanishads, which don't deal with the materialistic side. They say, no, no, you're not the body, you're a soul. All this materialistic stuff is a waste of time. So level three and level two, what do they have in common? Selfish interests. What do I get? And so the top level, upasana khanda, bhakti or devotion is 
it's not about um, what I'm getting, but what I want to give. So Josh here, he's got his baby. And the baby only gives him dirty diapers. But he still just wants to give to the baby. He feels so happy if the baby is happy. There's no, the baby is not paying any bills. He is not uh, having, uh, entertaining with profound discussions. But still, the, uh, Josh, he wants to give. He's, there's no taking. It's just giving to the baby. So that is uh, the third, the top level. The, the level of bhakti. So you find this in every, all religion also. Uh, I, if you study the message of Jesus, he did not say, uh, go to God, he will make you rich. That wasn't his, you know, he was on the bottom level. And the second level, go to God, he will take you to heaven. Maybe, not so much. Mostly he was saying, love thy Lord. Bhakti. So you find this in various traditions. And so the thing about Krishna is that even if we, even if we don't accept Krishna is God. Even if we just understand theoretically and listen to his words, it becomes self-evident. It be, you, you can't deny it. For example, if you put uh, ten scoops of uh, paneer sabji in your mouth, you cannot deny that your hunger is going away. It is self-evident. You directly experience that. Sometimes we will see people that will say, I don't uh, believe in God. And then you can ask them, well, what is the God that you don't believe in? And they say, okay, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's uh, jealous, he's angry, and he's... Say, I don't believe in that God either. <laughs> so if we learn about Krishna, he's actually very kind. One definition that is given of mercy is that he cannot tolerate the sufferings of others. And you think, wait a minute, I'm suffering here. And he's just there tolerating. No, he's not. He sends his sadhus. He sends his literature. For example, Baladevi Jibhushan says, the Vedas are 10 million times more merciful than our own mother. And, you know, we could be a criminal and our mother would still be kind to us. But the Vedas are 10 million times more merciful than our own mother. So he provides spiritual knowledge. Or he sends Srila Prabhupada, Lord Chaitanya, devotees to help us. But he doesn't come and force us to accept him. Because love means we have to have our own choice. But he doesn't want us to suffer. And we only suffer because we have uh, placed ourselves in, uh, in a place that we are suffering the results of our own deeds after many, many millions of lifetimes. We have done good things and bad things and all those things are coming back to us. And so we suffer. So we, And this, that karma is only induced when that mentality is I, me and mine. 
When it's I, me, and mine, I may step on you, I may step on you, I may step on you. And then I get the result back. So the only way I can get out of that situation where I don't get reaction back is if I get out of that mentality of I, me, and mine. And as Jesus said, thy will be done. Instead of I, me, and mine. Thy will be done. His will, not my will. Thy will be done. Say no to illusion. Yes to Krishna. Say no. Hare Krishna. So Krishna is not, uh, he is, uh, sometimes people say, I don't believe in God. But they're, what they believe, believe, what they're, the God that they're thinking of, something, someone who's not kind, not fair, not just, not transcendental. But when you learn about Krishna, even uh, theoretically understand this, this is supposedly coming from God. It just becomes self-evident. That must be God. It's so clear. It's, so, it's such a clear understanding. So I always stop here, ask if there are any comments, questions, or reflections. All right. Om Tatsa, thanks a lot. Hare Krishna.